You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to do, 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 do. Where Sean Levine will step into the cage with Brendan Tobin in... Are you going to fight me? I'm going to fight your ass. Here on Tapped Out. That's right. Fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back up my command and break. And go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. Along with the number one contender, Brendan Tobin, I am the reigning, current, defending, undisputed champion. It's called You Gonna Fight Me. We're going to fight each other right now. BT, you're going to fight me if I say, I'm going to remember Tony Ferguson. By the way, the only reason I'm bringing up Tony Ferguson is because we thought he was going to fight Conor McGregor. Turns out Conor McGregor is going to fight Michael Chandler. So I don't know what's next for Tony. Are you going to fight me if I say, I'm going to remember the guy that lost to Nate and got kicked in the face by Chandler and knocked out by Benil Daryush and Oliveira and Gaethje than the guy that was on that 11-fight winning streak and had the five missed fights with Khabib? Like, the end has been so abrupt and obvious for Tony that that's the guy I'm going to remember. You going to fight me? Yeah, dude. Like, you, you, you're you, Mr. Uh, Johnny, what have you done for me lately when it comes to fighters? That's right. Oh, that's right. This is how his career ended. What a bum. Tony Ferguson at one point was arguably the best lightweight on the planet. It's a crime we never got to see him versus Khabib when they were both at the peak of their powers. A lot of that not his fault, by the way. None of it really his fault. Some guy had a cable wire there, and Khabib couldn't miss weight. Um, so, I mean, I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna remember Tony, I'm gonna remember one of the definitely one of those unorthodox dudes ever in the cage, and a guy who had a lot of bad breaks. I'm definitely not even the 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 the, the start of the fall was weird because remember his uh, the the pandemic pushed back his fight, and he ended up doing a weight cut for no reason and. Then did two weight cuts in like three weeks. Maybe that was a bad choice by him. So I just feel like I'm always going to remember him as one of the most unorthodox dudes to ever step inside the cage. A uh, little bit of a loose cannon outside the cage personality wise. Um, and just a guy who had a lot of bad luck, not a guy who was a bum. Oh, he ran into terrible luck. He never got that fight with Khabib. I mean, what are the chances? I remember when I actually got a chance to interview Dana White down in your hometown of Miami at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And that was before, I want to say, either the fourth time he was supposed to go at it with Khabib or the fifth, talking about Tony Ferguson. And I started to ask the question and got cut off immediately. Like, don't even ask that. Don't even put that in the air. So who knew that it was going to be a you know pandemic that was going to cost us the last time. But, man, it is, in hindsight, a little bit of a shame that we didn't get to see Tony pull that one off. At the time that he was taking out Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, Pettis, I should say, Kevin Lee, guys like that. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from what he was. It's just... It's 
that, it, that when he got kicked to the face, man, that's on a lot of people's screensavers. You know what Michael Chandler did. Well, that's just so rude. It sucks, but it also I'm just being real with you. Um, all right, you're gonna fight me if I say there's no way that Gilbert and Masvidal go the distance. That that definitely that's ending probably by knockout and probably in the second round. I gotta fight you on this one too, man. I actually could see this one going the distance. I I think both no. of these guys, both of these guys are very very durable fighters. They're tough to put away on the feet. Um, I could see a round where it's on the feet, a round where Gilbert Burns has Masvidal in a lot of bad positions, and third round they're both scrapping it out again. I could definitely see that. You know, if this was a five round fight. Um, I think I'd lean more where you're going, but only a three-round fight. Yeah, I could definitely see this one going the distance. I just think silly that Masvidal take, is take coming. By you. Well, listen, tell me if you feel different when I try to break it down. Masvidal needs to win, and yeah, it'd be great if you can win in any fashion. If it goes to the cards and he wins by split decision, that's great, but Masvidal's Masvidal because of the flying knee and because he knocked out Darren Till, because when he wins, it's more exciting than the way anybody else wins, so... I think he's going for his head. I think Masvidal is going to come for the knockout, which is why if it gets into the third round, which I would call deep waters, I don't know how he's going to look. Uh, I'm not concerned about either one of these guys' gas tanks, especially in a three-round fight. I think, if anything, it's going to make for uh, a possible, you know, fight-of-the-night candidate. I think that they both can have that style, bring the best out of them. I mean, I think the thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, what are, what's going to be in those moments if Gilbert does get, george in a in an awkward position where he is going for the submission can george pop out of that quickly you know think back to his damian maya fight he was able to make a lot of those exchanges when damian wasn't on his back but he was on his back too much to really you know get the win even though it was never really close to getting a submission it was a nuisance for him so he really has to avoid that but if he can i i do think that gilbert's going to go into this with a with a a thought that I need to also make a statement. And I think that's going to make for a really fun fight. If you can get out of your Masvidal bubble for just a second, bud, are you surprised that the odds are so heavily favored for Gilbert Burns? Like when he fought Neil Magny, well, yeah, that's, that's Neil Magny. I mean, the guy's lost four out of his last five fights. I guess now that I say that out loud, so is Jorge Masvidal. So maybe, maybe that's about right. I, I'm, I'm surprised they're as lopsided as they are. I, I feel like, I think we're putting too much distance between them. And I think that we are putting too much on Masvidal losing to the two best welterweights on the planet. You know, I think that's, that's the thing that I find surprising. This is typically a sport where, you know, we give guys credit for fighting the best. And I feel like George has been penalized a lot more for losing to Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. I think maybe it's because there was just so much trash talk between him and Colby Covington, and that really wasn't a close fight. You know, Colby dominated it, so maybe that's yeah. what it ha that's why it has to do with that. But it's not it's not going to be the same fight like that. These aren't similar type fighters. Like Gilbert, you know, is not just a pure wrestler. Now he did look, you know, if he goes and fights him like he did see with Wonderboy Thompson and can execute that, okay. But I just I, I I don't quite think it's it's not quite like that when it's George fish out of water when it goes up against a grappler. Um, and I think that there's going to be these moments where we are going to have some standing and banging. I think that's going to make for a really fun fight. Yeah, I don't see the odds the same way that you do. Right now, Gilbert Burns is a minus 325. Masvidal, you can get almost 4-1. to one. He's a plus 375. That'll probably go down by fight night because of his popularity. People are going to go with their money to the window for game bread. But I think it's more of a pro-Gilbert Burns thing. Like, probably because he looks so good against Hamzad. That was a guy that guy was supposed to be a monster that just ate up everybody. 
And, and Gilbert, I mean, people were arguing that, that he was winning the fight for a while. So I think that's what it is. I think it's more pro-Burns, less anti-Mazadol, if that makes sense. Tapped out here on the BetQL Network, Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, talk a little fighting with you here on BetQL. Cody Garbrandt is coming back. And he's fighting uh, Trevin Jones at USC 285. You're going to fight me if I say Cody's done. Like, Cody's chin, and I love Cody Garbrandt. Let me say that for the record. Like, Cody's come up with so quick. And then that fight that he had versus uh, Dominic Cruz, just great card, great night. I remember where I was. That being said, that was that was like five years ago, six years ago, bro. Cody's done. You're going to fight me? No, not going to fight you. I mean, you know, you look, he's lost, what, five out of his last six. That's Four right. of those fights have been finished being knocked out within the first two rounds. Three of them were first-round knockout losses. Yeah, he he gets finished. He gets finished quick. Uh, that, you know, knockout of the year candidate against Rafael Sunsau was three years ago. Uh, the best that he ever looked against Dominic Cruz, we're talking seven years ago. You know, that's seven a long, years long ago. Time. Oh, no. that's a long, long time, dude. Uh, so, no, I don't disagree with you. I think that uh, it's tough sledding for Cody. Uh, still has name value because I think of how, you know, how how quickly he did burst onto the scene and get to that belt. But it's been a it's been a tough go of it ever since. DC Daniel Cormier said earlier this week that Colby Covington he's about to step into no man's land if he doesn't get back into the octagon. You're going to fight me if I say I completely disagree. I think that, yeah, Colby hasn't been in the cage since 272. So we're talking about what, like 10, 11 months, how long ago that was. I, it doesn't feel that long with Colby. And it also feels like there's no reason to take a Neil Magny type fight for him, right? Like at this point, he's taking care of all those guys. He's proven himself. I don't think he's going to fight for the belt right away because he's gotten a chance at Usman a couple of times. But I'm not I'm not fighting anybody if I'm Colby that's outside like the top three or four right now. No, I, I won't fight you on that. Uh, I, I get where DC's coming from just because it'd be nice to know where he does want his career to end up because I do think there's other people that can swoop in and get that title shot. I think like his good friend who sucker punched him outside of a restaurant, uh, who is suing who he's currently suing. Uh, you know, George could pop right back in there if he beats Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns could pop right in there and Gilbert's been wanting to fight Colby Covington, so maybe if Gilbert beats George, maybe that leads to a Covington fight. We've all been kind of dying to see Hamza versus Colby, so he's not a guy that doesn't have options. He does this, though. Like, he waits out. He will wait it out until he gets the fight that he wants at the right time, so I, I, also, I also disagree with DC on this one. I think that, you know, when Colby comes back, it's probably going to be against a top-level guy that will, you know, probably get him right to a title shot again, so it would be nice to know where that's going to go because I think he's an important piece in this welterweight division. I think we've also kicked around the idea of what would he look like at middleweight if he were to go take on a Pajeda, if he were to take on a uh, uh, an Izzy. Are they, is he too small for those guys or does he, is he a nightmare stylistically for those guys? So I'm very interested to see where chaos goes. What if Masvidal goes out there and beats Burns? Would there be any shot that we would see a rematch? Like the next fight would be Masvidal versus Colby again? I mean, when I say rematch, technically, I guess it would be the third time because Octagon, parking lot, and then this would be again in the Octagon. Well, they both live down here. I don't think it uh, – I think if you're going to say, if you're Colby Covington and you're looking for an opportunity, would you like to be cage side and uh, and talking trash to Jorge Masvidal the entire time and then all of a sudden Jorge does beat Gilbert Burns and 
he could trash him. Or if he is interested in a Gilbert Burns fight, Gilbert's there to fight. So you have two guys, one guy who wants to fight you, one guy you have a lot of pass with. So it would be, I I think it would be insane for Colby to pass up that opportunity. Man, if I was Colby, I'd want to be on that card. Quite frankly, I think that that adds even more of a dynamic if he's on that card with Jorge and, you know, I just, you know, who knows when he's going to come back? Who knows where he's at right now? Tonight, we see Fedor for the last time in Bellator taking on Ryan Bader. You can get Fedor at about plus 250 right now for the last emperor. Uh, You're going to fight me if I said if Dana wasn't so damn stubborn, we would have seen Fedor and we still would see Ngannou in the UFC for a long time. Uh yeah, I mean, it's got to be part of the reason is Dana's stubbornness. Um, but the UFC really does feel like they can move on without him. And I mean, like, look, dude, I know we had this discussion uh, a couple of weeks ago about the state of the UFC, but you tell me you're not hyped for the first half of this year between all the stuff we talked about, you know, between, you know, the rematches between Leon and, and Izzy, you know, having a chance to go back in their belts. Connor's coming back. John Jones is coming back. UFC's coming back to Miami. They did bribe me a little bit with that. I'm going to you know, be up front. So it's tough for me to be down on them right now, but I'm saying like, this is not, yeah, I I want Francis Ngannou back. It's a bummer that he's gone. I really don't care about him boxing Tyson Fury. And I get that's why they're gambling because they're like, do people really care about him boxing? I don't know. I don't know if they do. I I think that boxing is a lot more fickle than he, he's, he's going to realize how, boxing isn't going to be as accepting of him as I think he thinks they will be. I hope that Francis gets his big payday, but I kind of get why Dana went the cold blooded way that he did. It's just unfortunate that it comes at the expense of us not getting the real champion fighting John Jones. That was deep, man. I haven't had to go that deep in my brain since I don't know why at KU in college, I took a 600 level philosophy class one time. And my mind is still spinning. Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine, talking a little fighting here with you on the BetQL Network. Speaking of boxing that I don't know if people care about or not, Jake Paul's going to go at it with Tommy Fury. Uh, I'll be watching, so I'll put some money on it. And I'm going to tell you right now it's going to happen. Jake Paul's going to knock his ass out. You going to fight me? I don't know how good Tommy Tommy Fury Fury is. I don't know that. I know you what, dude. You I know love, you love Love Island him because he, what's what's the show called Love Island? Love Island, yeah, it's a really good dude. show. Him and Molly Mae. Yeah, I know I mean, you just love a that show. Have you watched the guy hit bags? I mean, he's he's not Tyson Fury. I'll say that he's not. Well, he's not Tyson Fury, even though uh, he is handsome as hell. Uh, and really you know, is. if you if you if you looked them both in a lineup, you would say, oh, well, obviously Tommy Fury is better. No, like he <laughs> he looks like that. He's had trouble making weight. He. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't seem like he puts in the the work that Tyson Fury does. So, yeah, you're definitely living off of your half brother's name there. That's definitely a uh, that's definitely a real thing. But you know, I thought Jake said an interesting thing this week where he was talking about it was actually today with uh, with the Connor news when he goes, "Man, boxing could really learn something from MMA fans with how excited they are about having Connor back, even though he doesn't win." And we talked about this with Sean O'Connell a couple of weeks ago. I think Jake's going to realize, like, if he ever, when, whenever he makes the leap to MMA, people are going to embrace that a lot more and give him a lot more credit than they ever will in boxing because they're going to do, after he beats Tommy Fury, what we're doing. Tommy Fury's not very good. Go do it against somebody else. It's never going to, they're never going to be satisfied with him. He's always going to be looked upon as an outsider. Whereas if he makes the leap over to PFL, I think he's going to find a lot more fanfare. Than he would in boxing. 
if he wins, unless he goes in there and he's CM Punk and he looks absolutely oh, awful well. and they're playing with him like food, you know, then it's like, all right, well, maybe maybe it was a little bit of a sideshow. Speaking of playing with food, uh, we had on Alexander Volkanovsky, the pound-for-pound king, and he was swimming with sharks. You're going to fight me if I say, I think we should do that. I don't know if that's something we can do like down in Miami if I come down and visit you or something, but I think we should swim with sharks. You're going to fight me? Let's do it, dude. Get the scuba mask. Let's uh, let's go find some tiger sharks and let's uh, head on under the water. Cage or no cage? No cage. We got to no go cage? full Australian. Full Australian, dude. No, that, see, that just feels irresponsible. Um, Coming up next, a guy that always has his ducks in a row. He is Eddie Law from Cage Side Press, and he joins us here. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.